3: Compatibility.
2: I just saw some uh, sort of Carol Baskin. Costume on TV, and it reminded me when we were at the um, uh, big pop-up Halloween store the other day. There was a Tiger King costume and yeah. a Carol Baskin costume, of course, from that TV show. And there were a lot of them left. And I thought, boy, when they made these, they back in April, they thought this is going to be the hot costume. We're going to get rich. That just goes to show you the pace of the
3: modern world. I mean, in 1978, uh, yeah, a, a Tiger King costume
2: would be fine and red hot. Still, but if you saw somebody dressed and these were adult costumes, if you saw somebody dressed as Carol Baskin, you say, yeah, let's see, you. let's see your Carol Baskin from the, yeah. yeah, from the Tiger King. Okay, I mean it's really the equivalent of putting a pillowcase
4: over your head and calling yourself a ghost. I mean, it's, <laughs> you didn't try at all. Oh, yeah, even I see you painted the whiskers on your face there too. That's, yes. oh, that's really good. <laughs> ah, boy, if this you were... got a, uh, a mullet wig there, that's good. That's good Re- stuff. Really went for it. <laughs> I'm and, not trying uh, to be like
2: super fake cool. Tattoos. Yeah. tattoos. Uh, you know, super cool, so hip things, you know, the minute, minute they're not hip, I mock it, guy. But it's just, like you said, it's it's a commentary on the pace of life. Right, exactly. The pace of change. If you don't
4: have the piercing, and we know which one I'm talking about. No! Yeah, yeah. Are you even yeah. really doing a Joe Exotic exactly. costume? Oh, oh golly drop gee. Drop your
2: pants. I need to see that you went oh, boy. full in on this. No, I don't. I
4: don't need
3: that. Here today, gone today. Chris Rock said that so long ago that, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was, was, yeah, that might have been 10 years ago that he said that. And it was funny because it was so true. Right. (laughs) It reminds me
3: of, uh, we were talking about, uh, we were quoting a wonderful quote from the introduction of the book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, which came out decades ago, the original version of it. Um, and it talks about how there are just so many ways to entertain ourselves and amuse ourselves. People have lost the thread of of the serious things we ought to be keeping track of. And when that book was written, there were about a tenth,
4: maybe a twentieth of the options to immediately entertain yourself, literally at your fingertips. That that book was written a couple years after the 1982 video game Dan Rather's report that we played earlier in the show. Oh,
2: yeah, we ought to play that again because it's kind of entertaining and just in terms of, uh, well, again, changing cultures and... And what we concern ourselves with. I what feel we, like hell. What we, <laughs> Me too, Dan. Changes fast. I also have some good COVID news. First good COVID news I've seen in a while, because there's a lot of bad COVID news out there.
3: But first, I insist we take a fond look back at the week that was its cow clips of the week.
2: You know who else is younger than the current candidates? The guys we elected in the years 2000 and 1992. <laughs>
5: is what are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be done by now, you want to move it along with the three musketeers?
6: That's what everybody forgets about your 20s, you are garbage, thinner garbage, but you are garbage.
7: Non-essential businesses will close at 10 p.m., alcohol sales will stop at 9 p.m., bars, breweries, taverns without a food license cannot offer indoor service.
4: No, no, he has, he's waved a white flag on life. He
2: doesn't leave his basement. Just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye. That wasn't good. Those who hate Trump will
1: crawl over broken glass
2: to vote against him. The big unknown in this election is, is everyone else gonna show up?
1: This is a president who has telegraphed his desire to try to steal this election for the last six months. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you?
7: We do have breaking news right now out of France. Three people have been killed in a terror attack. I don't need a receipt for a donut. I'll just give you the money. You give me the donut. This means
4: if I press the back right. Was that a gassy ghost in my back seat?
1: Do you have an attorney we could reach out to? Not yet. (laughs) Visit your office for the first time since March. Oh, those used to be pickles.
3: Yeah, anybody who did leave, you know, that uh, half inch of coffee at the bottom of the mug, figuring they'd come back on March seventeenth, like they did March sixteenth, it would already be past the science project stage and just be kind of a dried out uh, mass. Probably, yeah, maybe even days. gone.
2: Yeah, uh, we got eaten this. by the
3: rats that are running rampant over your office.
2: We got this text. Please say tug and tubing on the air so I can win a bet with my boyfriend. So they're done.
4: <laughs> Get wrecked, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Sean already with a rooting interest. <laughs> she totally owned her boyfriend. <laughs> she saw you. She saw a sucker. Come, oh, I bet I could take this guy for a bet. And yeah, you bet. You bit on the bet. And like now a hungry bass. Now you lost. Idiot. There's soaking. Uh, You're losing.
2: <laughs> there is plenty of bad COVID news out there. And, uh, you know, shutting down France and Germany for the next month. And I hope that's not coming to the United States should be coming in Mexico, maybe, but it's not. Fifty-four hospitals in Mexico are now at 100% occupancy Whoa. with COVID. That is not good. And government is a resisting new lockdowns. It's not very popular. Where was that? Mexico. Okay. I don't know how many hospitals there are in Mexico. So. Uh, Quite a few. But the fact that 54 of them are at 100%, uh, I assume you get sick, then there's no place to put you. Yeah, well, there are parts of, where did
3: I hear, where was this? I can't remember what state it was. They're they're hauling people around uh, via aircraft um, to uh, places where the hospitals are less crowded. They've run out of room in some places. Wow. It's
2: not good. But the survival rates for seriously ill COVID patients have improved a lot, according to a study that came out yesterday. This is the good news. Citing one New York hospital where 30% of coronavirus patients died in March. Now three percent at the end of June, and it's even better now. That's astounding. So if you ended up, you know, in bad shape at the hospital, thirty percent died in March. Now it's three percent or less. That is amazing. Uh, and uh, by the end of June in uh, England, because it's not just here, eighty percent of people survive who are in, uh, you know, make it to the I'm in bad shape at the hospital stage. So they wondered, well, is there something to the fact that um, old people realized how bad it is for them? They're hunkering down, and now the people that get it ending up in the hospital are younger, because by the end of August, the average patient was under 40. So they thought, maybe that accounts for it. But they teased that out. Even when they controlled for differences in the patient's age, sex, race, underlying health problems, and severity of COVID, they found that death rates had dropped significantly from... Almost 26% in March, 26% death rate, to 7% in August. And I'm sure it's even better now.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. Just better therapies, better understanding of the disease, what works, what doesn't. I remember that they were immediately throwing people on ventilators if their blood oxygen was low um, early on. But then they figured out it's not a breathing problem, it's an absorbing in the cells problem. If I remember correctly, I am not a physician
2: uh so it's not near nearly as likely you die from this thing as it was before
3: even if you get seriously ill yeah well that's that's a hopeful note
2: Well, would trump have died if he'd have gotten it in march april yeah, I, don't, I don't chances know. are a lot higher because i mean you he got know. some of the greatest latest care and mm-hmm. drugs and everything yep anyway so that is definitely good news yeah that's encouraging. I still don't want to get the damn vid. I don't either, but it should factor into policies. Um, if you're treating the number of cases and everything like that, and locking down the same way you did back in March, well, the the death statistics are way different now.
3: I would think, but yeah, you you would think that that would affect public policy. Hey, eh, the great question is, will if if old man Biden. A, survives till Tuesday. B, becomes the president. And wins the
2: election. You think it's up in the air whether or not he makes it to Tuesday?
3: Well, I'd say it's touch and go. Because
2: uh. he's, he's waved the white flag on life, as Trump said. That's right.
3: <laughs> you can see it in his eyes. Come,
2: Come on. I thank
3: you. Uh, anyway, uh, will the vanishing of Trump derangement syndrome, uh, you know, as the Bible puts it, uh, you know, uh, take the scales from people's eyes, and they stop advocating idiotic policies just because they're the opposite of what Trump wants, will we see more sanity in our policy? I would hope. I would hope. I mean, if there's any upside to Biden possibly winning, that would be it. But we'll have to see. The, the downside will be uh,
2: considerable.
3: <laughs> but uh, every cloud, Jack, you know what they say, has a silver lining.
2: Yeah, So they claim. Um. So coming up, we came across this CBS Evening News Dan Rather report about Miss (laughs) Pac-Man that, I don't know, for me it, it made me wonder, what issues are we overblowing now like we did in 1982? Wait till you hear this.
0: Armstrong and Getty
7: The Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. I actually have breaking news over here. We got to get to the Dan Rather thing, but breaking news, breaking news.
5: When news breaks, the
3: donkey brays on The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tony Bobolinski. Just did an interview uh, with Sinclair Broadcasting, said uh, the FBI interviewed him for five hours last week, told him he is a material witness in their investigation. Uh, Sinclair reporter James Rosen said the Justice Department source said that a money laundering investigation was opened of Hunter Biden and unnamed associates.
2: Tony Bobulinski, according to Tucker Carlson last night, that name has not appeared on, uh, I think it's. The, all the major networks and the other cable news channels. Name has not appeared once this week. So you got a guy who's out there who's saying, and he's a, he seems very credible, the FBI has been interviewing me about the business dealings of the Biden family.
3: Yes, correct. They interviewed him for five hours, he's, he says, last week.
2: And nobody feels like that's worth mentioning on the news. Mm-mm-mm. Because it's Russian disinformation or something.
3: I will tell you this, and I hope you find it reassuring. With all due respect to the excesses of the James Comey era and the, you know, some of the people at the top, uh, the whole uh, Russian collusion hoax and and the rest of it, the FISA warrants. Most rank and file FBI agents are serious people, and they like bringing criminals to justice. And the guys investigating this money laundering thing just want to know if money's laundered. They don't give a damn whose name is involved. So
2: we'll see, right? And I continue to say I don't know that the you know this is the the gotcha shot for Joe Biden who would change the election or anything. I don't have any idea. But the fact that the 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 big media won't even open the door at all because it could hurt the candidate yeah. is a huge development.
3: Exactly. That is the historic story here
2: historic yeah that this this has changed the way we we uh we handle news stories right yeah i mean you can't you can't overstate it really yeah anyway we'll if, see if how joe this... biden
3: were to say yeah after i uh, left office i literally know every world leader and i told an energy company i can get you a meeting and they paid me for it i think well okay as long as he wasn't in office i don't like the look of it particularly but it's not a crime he just he signed on as a lobbyist but he's been lying like a rug about it, and it started while he was still in office. Anyway.
2: This story is from 1982, which you need to know. Uh, Miss Pac-Man was the uh, scourge of the nation at that time, and Dan Rather on the CBS Evening News back when that was really big deal took on the story.
6: Steve Young's in dear old Boston, the home of the cod and the bean. Now the first American uh, American city to zone those darned machines. The way officials tell it, Boston has become the victim of an electronic blight. With fewer than 600,000 people, the city has 4 to 5,000 video games, not just in arcades but also in drugstores, pizza parlors, supermarkets.
7: In some sections of the city, uh, we have a machine or two machines, and sometimes three machines in virtually every single corner store in a neighborhood.
6: City officials today announced that video games no longer will be licensed in residential areas, only in commercial and industrial neighborhoods. Officials say they are responding to complaints from parents that children have skipped school or stolen money to play the games and made a nuisance of themselves.
7: Senior citizens have rights. They have rights to go into the laundromat and wash their laundry in peace. They don't have to go by two or three machines or kids congregating and passing fast remarks as they walk in and terrorizing them in some instances as they go in.
6: Under the new regulations, licenses for about half the video games already in Boston are unlikely to be renewed, including those in the basement of the South Boston Martial Arts Academy. The reason um,
5: we requested to have video games is so we could bring in extra money so we could allow those kids that are out in our neighborhoods that can't afford to come. When they don't have something to do... When they're walking the
6: streets, that's when problems are created, not because of machines. The lack of machines causes problems.
1: You're always talking about this demeaning kid making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the streets smoking pot.
6: One MIT (laughs) study of more than 800 video game players found no basis in fact for an underlying fear expressed by parents during public hearings that video games lead to violence. Though a conclusive study has yet to be conducted, Boston went ahead with its restrictive rules. The industry plans to fight City Hall in court. There have been skirmishes before as smaller communities acted, but now a full-scale battle has been joined between the video game industry and its opponents. Steve Young, CBS News, Boston.
2: That's interesting on a bunch of different levels. Yeah, I'd say, number one, the
1: plucky little kid talking about people
2: out there smoking pot (laughs)
3: made a lot more sense than that broad with senior citizens have rights, too. They have the right to do their laundry in peace. I don't think that is a right.
2: Without Go kids, somewhere else! Without walking by kids making fast comments. Passing fast, <laughs> com- fast remarks. What was that expression? <laughs> I don't think I know that expression. I'm, that's old-timey. But yeah. so if she was 60 and 82, she was born in the 20s. So
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I did some reading about the phrase banned in Boston. Um, and I'm kind of familiar with this having read H.L. Mencken for years because he was actually arrested in Boston in 1926 uh, on purpose for selling an issue of his magazine that had been banned. Um, He was making a point about free speech in the First Amendment and stuff and and was really influential in that way. But they point out that Boston was founded by Puritans and then had a huge influx of Irish Catholic immigrants in, I guess it was the early 20th century. And as a a consequence, it was just an extremely conservative place for a very long time. And uh, just didn't really prize liberty. Um, all sorts of purity campaigns, and uh, there was this, uh, what was it, the, something, the Watch and Ward Society was a private group that decided what could be aired, what books could be sold, what movies, what plays, and the rest of it. And then their rulings started to go around the country, um, and so they, in effect, became the censors of America during the 20th century.
2: I didn't know there was ever a time that we thought Miss Pac-Man would lead to violence
4: particularly among young women. Obviously. Young centipedes becoming the uh, target of youths all across the nation.
2: Can you think of anything else that we're going to look back on uh, hilariously that we were worried about? Our text line is 415295KFTC.
7: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
7: The Armstrong and Getty Show. They don't have to go by two or three machines. Our kids congregating and passing fast remarks as they walk in.
1: You're always talking about this demeaning kid making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. Yeah. The what dangers. That?
2: The dangers of Pac-Man from 1982. Hammer. 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 Lead to violence. Kids are stealing from their parents, etc. Passing fast
7: remarks. Passing
2: fast remarks. It leads to the passing of fast remarks. And I was wondering, what will we look back on uh, years from now and think it's kind of hilarious we were worried about Pac-Man was going to lead to violence or it was going to ruin laundromats for America. <laughs>
6: Although
3: I told you, <laughs> I told you kids are showing up for boot camp and they break both their legs. They got no bone density. Well, that's a for
2: real problem. That's
3: a Pac-Man led us directly to that, oh. that situation. I like
2: this. Should have banned it when we had a chance. In the future, people will look back at our fears regarding artificial intelligence and laugh, but I'm sure two days later, the AI will kill them.
3: <laughs> I think that's about right. <laughs> oh, That's fabulous.
2: I don't think people will look back on disco very fondly. Well, come on, that's a different sort of thing. Uh, uh, back in the 70s, my friend and I played Asteroids for hours. The, the, the one thing about video games, though, there is clearly an addictive property to it that doesn't exist with all kinds of other stuff that kids did. Yep. Um, that, that seems pretty obvious Well, to and me. the
3: fact that modern... Uh, Social interactive video games, social uh, media, the the rest of it is designed specifically to addict people, to cause the little squirts of endorphin, just enough to keep you around, in increase your engagement time. What was that? Uh, what was that documentary? I was all hot to trot for the Social Network, mm-hmm. uh, Social Dilemma, I believe. The Social Dilemma, right uh well worth watch.
4: Was it, it- there's some really nefarious things that go on with games, uh, particularly games targeted young kids that have, like, uh, you get rewards for logging into the game on consecutive days. Right. Uh, and the longer that streak goes, the more your rewards go up. So they, so it's it, beyond even just the addictive, inherent addictiveness of,
2: of these games. Stimulation to your brain and whatnot. Right,
4: uh, shining lights, mm-hmm. similar to slot machines in some ways. Um, but they, they also directly put little little baits and carrots on sticks to, right. to oh if i just i gotta come uh, one more day
2: interesting uh wasn't gay marriage one of those fear monger things yeah i can say that to a certain extent uh people will be marrying dogs that has not happened yet
3: there is a growing movement for poly uh poly
2: marriage though multiple uh you know polygamy it's not growing real fast uh, i don't come across it a lot
3: Point of order if somebody were to marry a dog,
2: never mind. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Save that for the podcast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Canada Dry has settled a class action lawsuit. British Columbia man who said he'd bought the drink for his family for years because he believed it was a health drink. (laughs) Company's advertising is false. The drink contains no ginger in their ginger ale.
2: No ginger.
3: Court's decision noted plaintiff Victor Cardoso conceded that the drink contains small amounts of ginger derivatives. Okay. I would like to pelt him with full cans of Canada Dry Ginger Ale.
2: Uh, We got this text. I think the lady is saying sass comments, not fast comments. Can we hear the uh, Tipper Gore uh, sort of person again?
7: They don't have to go by two or three machines. Our kids congregating and passing fast remarks as they walk in. No. Clearly fast,
2: that's F-A-S-T. Fast remarks, not S A S comments. Yeah. I will thank you to never question us again. <laughs> that's the penalty. If you're wrong, that's the penalty. Man, that's a, like, from the 40s. That's a hot tomato with her fast comments. That's a really old-timey sort of expression.
3: Passing fast, fast comments.
2: Giving the 22 skidoo to law enforcement. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> The guy who fell through the sidewalk,
3: broke his arm and his leg, and was overrun by rats thinks this guy had a tough day. Florida man paid $150 to play with a leopard.
2: Does anybody need to hear the rest of this, really? So it's one of those Tiger King sort of places where you could do that? Exactly. Kind of random roadside, hey, come play with a tiger cub for an hour. Come, Come play with an apex predator. Let this lady with a stump for an arm... And the guy with no legs (laughs) lead you into the enclosure where you've paid $150 to play with the tiger.
3: Don't worry. It's perfectly safe.
2: (laughs) Didn't that slow him down there at Zoo Exotics Ranch when people would bring their kids in to play with the pets? Hey, I noticed the lady feeding the tigers has only got one arm. Yeah. What's the deal there? This
3: guy, he was a uh, private home guy, obviously. It's not like the local zoo is doing this. He uh he was charging 150 bucks a throw to come uh, play with the leopard, rub its belly and take pics. But when this uh this 50-year-old guy entered the uh, leopard's enclosure, the animal didn't feel like playing. Almost immediately attacked, went for the guy's jugular, took his head in its mouth, uh and uh, left his scalp a hanging. Oh ho, ho. Yeah. How is he? Um he's uh sadder but wiser, Jack. Mm. The uh, the pet owner who had a license to own the full grown leopard. What does it take to get a leopard license? A driver's license is a pain in the butt. Where do you go? The Department of Leopards? <laughs> anyway, uh, he's uh, charged with allowing contact with an extremely dangerous animal, cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition, and facing a lawsuit. He led a man into a cage with no insurance.
4: Right. Yeah, the lack of insurance was the, uh, that's the problem in this scenario.
3: (laughs) And the the lawyer says, since the entire encounter was illegal, the waiver the victim signed is void. You can't sign a waiver
2: for a crime. Uh, That makes sense to me. Uh, Ha ha, says this texter, we decided to be Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin months ago thinking it would kill on Halloween. (laughs) I've totally lost confidence now, but you're not wrong. No, I feel bad for you because I would have thought it would have been funny, too. I would have thought that would have been a home run costume. but uh.
3: You know, I'm not dressing up this year because, and let me let me check, I'm verifying you. I'm not a child.
2: Hmm. I'm dressed up right now. I'm wearing a wig. I am a handsome man. You child. That's what am I as dressed <laughs> you as.
3: You child. Little yeah. bonus mailbag here just for chuckles. Michelle, beautiful Cameron Park Cal Unicornia says, I'm nine months pregnant. I've had a hard time getting solid sleep lately. Yeah. That does go along with it. Um. Today, I sat on the couch, picked up my phone to cruise the latest news, and uh, a link for a live stream to a Biden rally popped up on my news app. I haven't seen any of his live, uh, live events to date, so for entertainment purposes, I decided to watch. Needless to say, I woke up an hour later. Best bit of sleep I've had in months. Thank you, Joe Biden.
2: Hmm.
3: That's nice, Michelle, and good luck with your youngster. I keep Wake seeing- up.
6: I-
2: Thank you. I keep seeing these reports about the schedule for the president and uh, Joe Biden these last couple of days. Trump's doing 11 rallies in the last 48 hours, which is really quite amazing. A lot of it in Florida. I suppose, you know, Florida is going to be dang close. And if you could get an extra couple of thousand votes in this county, that county, I suppose it could make the difference. But in terms of the I keep seeing reporting on their closing argument. I just I don't I I don't I don't know how many people can be moved by any of those things.
3: I think if Trump had been disciplined enough to craft a good closing argument and and just be disciplined for the last six months, I think he would have won in a walk. The really, I really hate his campaign.
2: The really good economic news that hit yesterday. Um, if he focuses on that, you know, um, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro tweeted out something, and he's been disappointed in the he, he's he's pro Trump. Uh, in fact, he did a big thing on how he didn't vote for Trump in 16, but he's voting for Trump this time around. Yep. Mm-hmm. He he wants Trump to win, but he's disappointed in Trump's, uh, you know, uh, lack of focus on the campaigning. And he tweeted out, this is a good closing argument. And it was a quote from Trump yesterday talking about how Adam Schiff has a head like a watermelon. <laughs>
5: Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen.
2: Holding up a head like a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's somewhat undisciplined. <laughs> it's
3: entertaining as hell. Yes, it is. Which is what Trump is. Uh-huh. He's an entertainer.
2: And if you're going to do anything for forty-eight hours, make Biden says he's going to end the oil economy in America, which will change everything, and I mean. Everything. Biden and
3: Harris will ruin the economy. They will make you poor.
2: And we grew at the fastest rate in the history of uh capitalism. Yeah. The last quarter. That that's what I'd be. Or you can talk about how Adam Schiff's got a head like a watermelon. Maybe
3: toward the end.
2: (laughs) Maybe it toward the end
3: you work in Adam Schiff's watermelon-esque nugget.
7: (laughs)
0: Armstrong and Getty.
7: The Armstrong and Getty Show. When I see TV ads for California ballot measures, I get really confused because whether the ads are for or against, they both use the same creepy piano music to scare me. Usually an alternating 1-5 interval on the right hand and a descending melodic minor tetrachord on the left. That's why I'm voting for Prop 4.5.
1: Proposition 4.5 requires advertisers to use major key piano music to argue in favor of a ballot measure and minor key progressions only for ads urging you to vote against it. However, ads in favor of a ballot measure that warn you about the consequences of its failure to pass can still be in a minor key, while ads against a ballot measure that argue that its defeat will improve the lives of Californians would be in a major key.
7: It's just that simple. So
2: vote yes on Prop 4.5. Or vote no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's clever. God, I was listening to a good podcast with some uh, smart people about <clears throat> politics and, you know, election season, that sort of stuff. And and he was making the point that you know most everybody you hear talking about it are so far away from the average voter mm-hmm. and and forget that on a regular basis the average voter's barely paying attention to any of this stuff and they're and, and and the average voter's not that ideological they're not that partisan they're just they're just barely just barely in the game at all mm-hmm. and they barely hear something about something and that's as deep as they go on that issue
4: yeah
3: uh, you may be surprised to hear this, Jack, my lad. Uh, there was a moment years and years ago, and I can't remember what the situation was, but we were talking about a politician. And and I can't remember the words you used specifically, but the message was, I don't want to hang out with these people. I don't want to know them. I don't want them to be my friends. Uh, essentially, <laughs> I don't want to feel like I owe them anything. Right. And that's been one of the binding principles of this show, and uh, it it struck me. I hadn't thought about it like that, so it really struck me, and that's why it stuck in my mind. But since then, yeah, I I don't want to be anything like a Beltway pundit. I don't want to be the people described in Mark Leibovich's brilliant This Town, who are part of the whole party. I don't mean like political party. I mean like a a, a festival, a a celebration. I I don't want to be part of the in crowd, whether state or nationally. I'd really, really prefer to be the guy yelling outside the walls. I don't want the ego trip. I don't want the, you know, just all the trappings of it disgust me. I'd much rather be the guy in a flannel shirt with my sleeves rolled up, which I am literally at this moment, um And not one of those people. And I hope that makes our show a little bit different.
2: I thought it was interesting last night. Tucker Carlson mentioned that, uh, you know, we have no interest in hurting Hunter Biden. I mean, he's had some struggles with drugs. I know Hunter Biden. He lived in the same neighborhood. We know him and his wife. And I thought, of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, All you people know each other. It's not that big. The neighborhoods, there's just a couple of neighborhoods. They all work in the same area. Mm-hmm. The people in the media and the government, and they go back and forth between media and government. They and all they're hang out all together. married
4: to each other's brothers and yeah. cousins and wives. Some and- anchor is married to some political consultant who's oh, yeah. cousins to another. Yeah, it's, oh, it's and- very weird. And-
3: Whose who's, uh, who's younger brother runs the uh, you know, F- FBI or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you
2: hear them say it all the time, well, my wife is a speechwriter for, or my husband, he is, the uh, you know, blah, blah. It's just, it's just what they're, they're all in the same crowd. Yeah. And they know each other, and it's got to give you a different perspective. Anyway, and then, um, and then you got the, the, the average voter out there who's barely paying attention, and the science of how you move them a direction or another. Pff, I have no idea. everybody's guessing on that, I guess all the time.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of really smart people spending a hell of a lot of money trying to figure out how to entice and/ or terrify you into voting one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And man, the reality of politics is so grubby. Oh you know, I've talked about this before. it's, it's actually it might be my greatest frustration. Is that I grew up idolizing the great thinkers of this country, and now I've come to realize it's just about frightening people and and or, or promising them stuff, and all the all the rhetoric is just it's. I mean, it still matters. What about promising to frighten people? <laughs> well, that's, well, that's when you switch from the po- the minor key to the major key to the minor key, like that very funny uh, uh, bit there. That was from Conan O'Brien, right? Yeah, that's yes. clever stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's
2: it's frustrating to me. One but thing, I need to get over it. I'm naive. I'm an idiot. One thing you got to remember, uh, this, is, this comes with age, uh, is if the Republicans do take uh, an unbelievable shellacking on Tuesday, which the polls show is going to happen, doesn't mean it will happen, especially with the turnout being as high as it is. Polls could be way off because if the turnout tried, turns out to be like one and a half times what they thought, polling goes out the window. But anyway, if Republicans take a heck of a shellacking, I've seen both sides get shellacked so many times at this point. Yeah. And oftentimes pundits think that the, Re- the Democrats will never win again or the Republicans will never win again. Blue, the my blue wall. The blue wall, the red wall, the red fence, the blue ditch. The, <laughs> the, there's all these different things that will never change. And then it changes. The independent canyon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not with Hispanics now having this much, uh, whatever it is, older voters, younger voters, whatever it is. Nah, that lasts like a cycle. And then you're back to a completely new narrative, and something else happens. I remember when Republicans would never win again. George Will, who I love, used to talk regularly in the Washington Post and on his show about how Republicans may never win the presidency ever again. Here Mm -hmm. are the states you can count on, and it's just impossible to get to 270 electoral votes, blah, blah, blah. And Trump comes along. And I've seen the, you know, uh, go the other direction too. So whatever. Take heart, friends. This too shall pass, good or bad. Hey, kids! It's that time again.
6: Fire back!
2: With Armstrong and Getty. That's the most exciting thing for me to see. I think on election day, election day, when you start getting reports of turnout being just—wait a second. There's never been anything like this. Mm. That gets me excited for the results because then anything's possible. Yes. If you have that kind of turnout,
3: libertarian president. <laughs> No, that's not possible.
2: Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe
3: Getty. Hey, let's wrap things up with a final thought from everybody on the crew. We press the buttons in the control room, plays a lot of the the funny tapes you hear. It's Michelangelo. Michael?
0: Yeah, a special message here. Uh, trick-or-treating
7: is a children's activity. Let the kids have fun. And if you're not interested in handing out candy, just turn off the lights. And don't scream profanities or your political views to the six-year-old Batman or
2: cute little princess. There you go,
7: Michael.
3: <laughs> that's some sound advice, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> Positive Sean Don't scream obscenities at little children
4: Positive Sean is our producer Fire away Sean Yeah I don't know if my heart will be more full this weekend Than the first time that Carl Weathers Playing the role Grief Karga Shouts Mando in, As the Mandalorian returns to uh, to my streaming device uh, The Disney Plus I will be watching episode yep. 1 today
3: The fact that you know the names of secondary characters Is
4: just sad. Carl Weathers is not a secondary character In anything Joe No kidding how dare you? That's Apollo Creed you're talking Jeez.
2: about. Jack, a final thought for us? Um, <laughs> I think a lot of us are hoping for something close to normal that we haven't had in many, many, many months. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Kind of just like, Halloween, can we do something that we remember from years past? Something like that? Mm. See if we can pull it off this weekend. I'll, uh, I'll be tweeting about it and talking about it on Monday. And I had a
3: final thought, but uh, I've switched to it just occurred to me I have not smelled pumpkin guts in probably seven or eight years. I did just Aggressive yesterday.
2: Aggressive scent. We were carving up a pumpkin just yesterday.
3: Yeah. It is a unique smell. And And smells have this incredible power in your memory, too. Anybody who's ever caught a whiff of Crayolas for the first time hmm. in many years
4: knows that <laughs> Every time I was carving a pumpkin as a kid, adults would always oh, and then we get to eat the pumpkin seeds. Those things are disgusting. <laughs> I, lo- I love a good pumpkin seed, Sean. What are you <laughs> talking
3: about? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks so a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, the pictures of Jack's costume. He's a handsome man. I'm a handsome man. Plus the hilarious Seattle girl getting arrested in the cop's
1: wisecrack. So good.
2: See you Monday. God bless America.
1: This concludes this year's Halloween show. We hope you had as much fun watching our show as the Koreans did animating it. But there's one group for whom every day is Halloween. I'm talking about adult illiterates. For them, trying to read the morning newspaper is more terrifying than any goblin, ghoul, spook, or spirit. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in Luxury.